You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with my handsome friend, and for all the video listeners, you'll be able to enjoy the beautiful beard I am looking at myself. His name is Harrison. What's up, brother? Hey, you're doing great. Thanks uh, very much. And um, uh, yeah, thank you for invo- um, inviting me down, because um, yeah, it's, a, it's an in- interesting uh, experience for myself. Is it a first podcast? Um, yes, kind of. Yeah, I... I, I um, Jumped on a friend's podcast a little while ago when he was um, doing um, sort of gaming, um, sort of tabletop, all this sort of stuff, you know, podcasts talking about that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, but this is more, a bit more interesting, a bit more. Um, I'm on the wacky side of life. You can say it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. On the wacky side. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's good. It's, I, I, I'm int- like intrigued with this. And I, yeah, I, I like it. It's a, I feel quite honored to be um, invited to join you. Well, I appreciate it, man. Well, um, for instance, what exactly, I guess, about yourself or wh- what's ever on your mind, really? Like, I always like to pick people's brains, and I feel like, you know, people have these thoughts that go in their head probably all day long, but a lot of times it doesn't get really get spoken. Hmm. Well, it's just kind of difficult. I have a, a lot of strange thoughts, I think, um, <laughs> mainly because um, I think my line of work, it's a uh, because uh, I work as a uh, chromatic technician in um, a crematorium. Um, so I'm seeing sort of end of life um, every day, all, all day. Um, so, yeah, I do, you do sort of really do think about, well, I guess, like, um, you know, people's lives and, you know, what life we- after death. Um, well, yeah, even even that, um, you know, there's there's lots of theories on it. Um, and you know you have to kind of go well. Is any of this? Is it any of it true? Is it just end? You know, and a sort of a stop button, and that's it. Or you know, um, I think when we look at science, you know, can it answer something else? Is the energy that we are, or our consciousness, does it change? Does it form into something else? Who knows? Um, but yeah, it is. It's an it can be a, quite an interesting um, uh, career. I, I always talk about it. It's a little bit like um, I think people have an energy inside of them. And if you've ever seen like a dead person, at least for someone that's listening, maybe not yourself, I'd be weird if your job, you never saw a dead person. But when you look at that, like the energy just seems gone. Like there's a vibe in the room that's no longer there anymore. Like not in the maybe in the person itself, but like there's just this weird feeling where it's like you look at it, you're like, it's like staring at a wall compared to actually staring at a person, even though that's your family member, or maybe that's a friend or someone you might not know or know, there's just nothing there. And it makes you wonder where that went. Is it, does it dissipate around? Does it go somewhere else? I mean, everybody likes to believe that there's a heaven. Some people don't want to believe. And it's just like, I, I honestly, I think everybody's got a piece of the same puzzle. I don't know who's right, who's wrong. And I'm kind of like, I think everybody has that curiosity to figure out what it is. Yeah, no, very much so. Um, yeah, actually, like it's funny you're saying about that feeling, that sensation. Like um, one of my friends who's a carer, um, you know, sort of helping older people who've gone into retirement homes and, and that sort of thing. And he said he was 
it's, it's like that sometimes when they sort of pass in the night and he said you walk into the room and you don't even have to see them you know it's a sensation it's a feeling you know it's a well you know what 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 is that actually yeah you know what what are, what are we picking up yeah, yeah is it a lack of something i think it's just like man i don't know i don't know if it's like in some like low level or frequency a different frequency in our brains like people that have psychic abilities or people that are able to predict stuff or do something where it's like how are you getting that like how do you have deja vu that's got to be on a different frequency or something for a lot of people but when you see like someone that's no longer there no longer alive or with us and you can sense that that energy's gone i'm like that's a different thing like maybe our energies our frequencies whatever somehow they're like all kind of connected on a little primal level of things i think it might stem back that far it's just so hard to everything's just speculation when it comes down to the grand aspect of things you know it, it, it's funny because like i did message you through at twitter and on your twitter you said ex-cultist i was like yo was this guy like one of those sacred cults but you know you had a better kind of description of what it was you being an ex-jehovah's witness and it's like see i think religion's needed but I think at the same, because it's also cool to have belief. You want to believe that, you know, you're not just gone, but so much of it, like nowadays, and especially like even back in the day, it's not like, it's just, it's, it's difficult, I would say, because they're not doing it in the best of forms. That's why you see so many people practicing from home or choosing to be religious out of their household and practice the word through their own interpretation is because everything's done in this strict hive mind aspect of things. And I'm like, that's a freaking cult if I've ever seen one. Oh, definitely. It's like, um, you know, I, I've always, well, I've always thought, or at least I've examined, um, you know, when, when you see um, faith, a lot of them in their the bare bones of it is actually you know wonderful um sort of uh, support uh, so it's a wonderful structure with you know lovely teachings in that say that bare bones however then when you then examine go deeper you won't really start to see in in the sort of meat of it some real sort of uh, controlling kind of harsher things and you know i think when you put you know take into account that this there you know we've had man basically running these organizations for countless generations, you can kind of see that actually, that, you know, who, at what point was, um, you know, these people putting things in, you know, at what were they, point were they sort of uh, molding their message to kind of make it a bit better for them? You know, like say, growing up as a, a witness, you know, you look at the Bible and there's some really, um, kind of harsh things, especially in the, say, the treatment of women or the treatment of people with different views. Um, and it's it's kind of it's shocking and harsh, and it, it jars with the concept that God is love, and God shows love, and he understands us, and, you know, he sees our heart and things like this. So, yeah, so I do think there's been a huge amount of corruption with any sort of organised religion that there's manipulation, there's alteration and changes to make this thing um, a tool of uh, the select few rather than this, you know, um, family unit, you might, you might be able to call it, um, that looks after everyone. Do you think that maybe it starts off because 
someone had their own interpretation of who God or what God is, and he decided to write it down or put it in a book that everyone sees it as law, but then people have kind of turned it and manipulated it to fit their narrative of who God is. Because, I mean, going to different churches, my cousin's, a, a I would call him a Bible beater. Um, I yeah. love death. But we're just like, I would always try, like if I spent the night at his house on like a Saturday or a weekend, I would leave by Saturday night because I wasn't staying to go to church on Sunday. It's not that I wasn't religious. It's just every time I asked a question, I really never got an answer to things either. And I think that's the point of faith is you're really supposed to kind of just trust and be that. But like you were saying, the idea of what it was or what it says starts to get skewed sometimes based on what that person is making their own interpretation and trying to tell you what it is. You know, everyone's going to have their own interpretations off of something they read. I could say the dog went to the store. You could say, well, there was a dog. Your mind immediately thinks German shepherd uh, starts thinking out breeds that, you know, or ones that you're connected to. You got a dog when you're a kid, but to, to me to tell you, no, the dog is a Labrador. You're like, but it doesn't specifically say lab. It would say lab if it was a lab. So then I can leave it to my own interpretation of what that dog is. And I, I think it's very important because that's where it starts to go a little bit awry is like you start realizing you have questions, you have things that you're being told what God is. And then you start to be like, well, then why are we enforcing it this way? Shouldn't he accept all if it's like counterintuitive to each other? Mm. Oh, no, I, d I definitely agree. I mean, I've, I've long thought that um, religion is um, grown a bit like a game of Chinese whispers. I'm not sure if um, yeah. you play it. Yeah, so, like, you know, one person says something, then as it sort of moves around, it gets slightly distorted because someone heard it wrong. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, there's always that one person who kind of completely changes a whole section of it. Um, and, you know, so so you get this massive um well a big change of uh faiths and you know the, uh, viewpoints and like you say you these people and followers are being taught to follow it to the letter you know you just do what what we tell you you know we're the inspired ones um so yeah so it, it's it's a very uh well it's an interesting um subject and you know when, when you do sort of step back and look at it you know you can see similarities between faiths you know they they show the same sort of respect towards um you know all sort of people they they talk about um showing love i mean i think if, if you actually really break it down to it for example the um christian bible and the um is it is like a islam's um, quran 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 yeah yeah that's it yeah they're the same book you know at, at the start there's the same characters the um ant antagonist of the book is referred to as Satan and devil. And it's like, well, it's it's just slightly different prophets later in the book. And, you know, you look at this and you go, well, if that's just cultural. It's, that's how that faith, well, part of it developed going this way. Ours developed coming from going, you know, to the West and to Europe. So why can't they just look at it and go, oh, wow, this is great. You know, we could merge these texts to be of one, big you know um book of of all of our views of how it all formed and all the messages but you know people will actually look at these texts and go actually that doesn't fit with our message we'll disregard it you know we'll cut it out um you know i know with the uh, the bible there's a um 
uh, in, involved in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which was apparently is the original texts which were formed into the Bible that we know today. Um, there was a book, I think it was the Book of Enoch, that was um, disregarded by, let's say, the main church or body of the church, um, because it didn't fit with the other books. You know, it goes into detail describing angels. It, you know, the there's a lot of more um, tales of um, angels, you know, talking and associating with humans on Earth. Um, you know, it's because like that would kind of be right before the whole Noah story, um, you know, and the flood and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I think there's some sort of deniability. They can actually sort of go, well, okay, there was the start. There was all these people. Noah came along and he was the only only holy one and then they destroyed you know God destroyed everyone on earth bar his family so now he now you can deny that book and get rid of it because its message doesn't quite fit with the rest of it but the thing is is if this text was written at the same time or around the same period it was stored with the same scrolls surely that's should be kept that should be included and you just you know, it's it's a it's a part to need, that needs deciphering. It needs you know looking into. Um, yeah, it's very hard. I think it's kind of what I'm trying to do here a little bit with um, like I talk to some plenty of people that have like religious faith or something like that, and I'm like, well, then I want to talk to the other side as well too. And see, that's the thing is people think more with emotion or what they want to believe in to be 100 percent true rather than hearing another perspective of things. And that's 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 the thing here is like. If something as powerful as religion, something as powerful as government, if something as powerful as whatever you want to deem to be the highest authority is not doing that, then there's an issue because anything that is supposedly like, for instance, with God supposed to love you so much, why would it condemn things that are people just like yourself? For instance, you know, if you want to talk about gay people, if you want to talk about whatever – there's a bigger aspect there, and I feel like it's been trickled down or filtered through some things to fit a certain narrative of what is so and so it shall be is like their answer to everything. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like that would be from the man. That would be from the person that created everything. So you start to raise questions. And I'm like, I had people that I reached out about, you know, ex-religious people or something like that, that wouldn't come on the platform because they felt like that it would give my podcast too much hate. And I'm like, if anybody takes a hate from an episode like this, you have to look in yourself to understand what about understanding another person's perspective is. I mean, you being ex-Jehovah's for it, for instance, everyone knows Jehovah's Witnesses is like slam the door. There are all these people that knock on your door and, you know, won't leave you alone. And once you let that door in, they won't stop. In your mind, were you ever at that point where like, I mean, you believed it so much at the time, probably that you were like, you know, you were trying to save people because I, my buddy that was on here, he, I didn't go into it, but he was an ex-cult leader, not Jehovah's. He was an actual cult leader. And he talked about it and he was getting very emotional about it because he said he was so in it. He thought everything that he was believing was true, that it'll convince you to do so much in the faction of your beliefs rather than look at it from a grand perspective. And I think that's very, very important. And that's why like people always talk about they never give up Jehovah's Witnesses or something like that. I'm like, because they believe it so much that they're in their eyes, they're helping. They're trying to spread the message and they're trying to do what they're supposed to do. But the fact that you questioned and then you start to realize a bunch of things is just interesting to me. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I, 
even though I've I left, um, I still don't I don't dislike the sort of rank and file believers because, like, like you say, there's everything they're taught um, is all about that showing that faith. It's all about um, learning. You know, you go to like their church, their Kingdom Hall. You know, you go twice a week. You like nowadays they're doing like Zoom zoom calls they're studying every day of the week they're you know looking at the bible they're looking at the publications they're trying to get better uh, teachers so if your whole life is filled with this um you know faith it's you know it permeates everything you do of course you're going to be so um focused on it it's it's you know there's no cracks it's really difficult to find a crack um and but like, that's where I say it's a cult. It's uh, control. It controls you to um, you know. Well, the thing is like so they dissuade people from going into further education. Um, and it's actually kind of funny because they've got this um, worldwide broadcast. So there's seven members of like their governing body, which are like the kind of top top um, guys. And one of them actually said about, about uh, not going to university because the brightest free uh, critical thinking and eloquent speakers are the sort of people you will meet at university and to me i thought well that sounds all right you know talking to someone who's a free thinker who's who's willing to discuss a point and to look at both sides and you know even just just debate a point you know they might not um you know might not agree with the point that they they um taking but they're looking to see how you can debate and how you um hold your argument together um so yeah it is it's, it's very interesting and like for myself um i mean like i actually yeah I, I think i was rather i was really working my way in and really sort of making that effort but i went through what they call them um, disfellowshipping which is basically if you do something wrong they don't think you're sorry enough um, so you kicked out. But to get back in, you have to keep going to meetings. You have to keep showing your studying. You've got to make show signs that you're repentant. So for over a year, I couldn't speak to my family. I couldn't speak to my closest friends. And of course, because of Bray's being raised a witness, all my friends were witnesses. I didn't have any friends who were outside of faith. Um, so imagine being like totally alone, isolated for a whole year or over in a whole year. So it was a horrible experience and I really made the effort to get back in. But it was actually during this time I met, which is um, who's my, now my ex. And she was one of these sort of people who would ask me, ask me questions about the faith and make me examine it as I'm telling her about it. And I start to see the flaws myself. Um, and I think that's a really important part. You know, you can um, argue all you want with someone of um, a belief system, whether it's political, whether it's religious, but it's down to them to see the flaws themselves. It's down to them to break, you know, crack open their faith, their devotion, and to examine it further and actually go, well, I don't agree with that. It's you know, that's not, not the nicest thing. You know, I, I, you know looking back, there was definitely um, points 
I had, you know, I had issues with. Um, and you know, you you sort of think, oh well, it's it's a just because it was the you know the time it was what was done. But still, you know, we we we're following a, a belief system that st still says this is very valid and this still needs to be followed. Um, yeah. So you know, I do think this like that critical thinking, that um, willingness to discuss. I mean, to be honest, actually, it's kind of funny. In the actual scriptures, it does actually say, um, "Test every inspired work." So it's it's basically saying, you know, look at the Bible, test it. If it feels it, that it's right, if it feels it fits, um, and it feels it's true, then it's inspired, and you, you know, you follow it. But if it doesn't, if something doesn't fit, you know, continue to test it. Don't follow it. You know, question it. Raise questions. You know, challenge it. Um, but of course, you know, we, especially in the organised religious sort of hierarchy, you raise questions, and that's an issue. You know, that that's a real problem. Um, in fact, that that's what gets you excommunicated. That's get that's what gets you disfellowshipped. That's what gets you kicked out. You know, you become a pariah. Eventually, when I was skipping out on all those church meetings my cousin would have on Sundays, the church asked my aunt not to bring me around anymore um, because I was asking way too much questions and I was trying. And I think this is part of their reason why they don't want you to like Scientology does like don't talk to your family members, don't talk to any of this, especially if you're not in the group anymore. It's because you can contaminate their mind or might test their faith. But I'm like, if your religion is so fragile that a certain couple of questions might test or hinder your faith, is that one you want to be practicing in? I mean, if you look at the concept of things, like the whole point is to ask questions. That's what life's about is supposed to be about trying to solve something that might truly be unsolvable. You know, Leonardo da Vinci, in my mind, is probably one of the, my favorite people in the world. Only on the con, I've never met him, so I don't know if he was an asshole or not. But his best quote is, "Work is never or work is never finished, just left undone." Because he always believed the reason why he was known as like the unfinished artist was because he thought you could always add something to it, maybe a month later, or a year later. So none of his works were ever complete. And I'm like, that's the same thing. This book was written a very, very long time ago, and it might have some things that ring true, but at the same time, you need to learn how it's got to adapt to today's society. If you believe in a higher being. If you believe in something that's all around us, it seems like more of an energy around us, then why would it ever excommunicate or cut out something that had a different sexual orientation, had a different thought, had a different this? It's if it's God loves all creatures, right? So then that brings the bigger point of like, then why does he hate these? Or why are you telling me I can't hang out with these people? And then it's like, it leads down into, and that's got to be a big conflict with you because you're struggling with something that you believe 100% entirely that you're spreading the word of it. And then you're starting to realize it's like kind of crumbling around you. And you're starting to notice that it's like, there's something different here that I've been a little bit brainwashed in a way. And that's got to, damn, that's a, that's like schizophrenia in itself. Yeah. Oh no, very much so. It's like um, it's such kind of funny. It was a uh, my um, like say like my ex actually pointed this out where she actually noticed that like say when I was in, I had such a negative opinion of people. You know, I I could be sat in a pub or restaurant and I'd look be looking around and I actually were you know looked at people negatively. And this was when I had had that faith. You know, I, I'm supposed to be showing love, but I I still saw people as you know 
as sort of corrupt heretics or you know something like that and you know like I say so and the thing is when I got to fellowship I remember I, got, I went to a pub one evening like finished work and just went to a pub thought you know I'm gonna have a drink and I, I made friends you know and then every single time I went I made new friends I think I remember one night I literally went for a, a pint I ended up being there all night and I was sat at a table with 18 people I'd never met and we were getting along brilliantly and I think that's where those little bits of doubt start coming in it's like why are these people you know not worthy of my time um unless I bring them into this faith and you know you you start to yeah like I say you start to doubt you start to reason and ask questions um but yeah so I, I think it is a um di- like, well yes it's a difficult thing because I I know f- um for myself is like I've I actually, another one of the reasons I kind of decided to leave lead um, was sort of political reasons as well, because the witnesses have no um, stand on anything um, political, um, because their devotion is to the God's kingdom and that's it. And I, once again, I kept thinking to myself, well, why wouldn't we try to make this world better for everyone right now? You know, because um, of course, I'm sure you've heard about like, the Brexit stuff like the UK is now leaving the European Union you know I thought well I wanted to be involved in this so I actually went okay I registered I voted and then shortly after that sort of thing you know there's a couple more incidents and then I just went actually no it's not for me anymore I just I've got too many doubts I'm not going to sit in a church and listen to people talk about this when I don't actually believe it anymore you know um yeah I, th- I think you know, when you look at, um, you know, some, I say some political figures, and they really are trying to make movements, they're trying to unify people, they're trying to improve things for everyone. And you're like, that's, that's someone, you know, actually working to help people, um, you know, not trying to hoard power and keep control and going, you know, you've got to follow things this way they're open and they're you know unifying people and talking and debating and finding solutions so yeah so yeah there's there's so many better ways i find um it's a there's a better way to communicate amongst people there's a better way to find a forum to be able to chat i was watching a video everyone kind of hates steven crowder but i was watching his like where's this meme come from and i saw the change my mind type thing and a guy was screaming at him with a blowhorn and not letting him talk and when he finally decided to talk he's like what's your name he's like i am the lord and savior jesus christ um and he's like you're jesus and he goes well i'm jesus you are jesus we are all jesus jesus is all of us and he goes, yeah, but what's your name? And then he says his name. He goes, but you can call me Jesus. And then it's like, you're honestly doing a sin by calling yourself Jesus in that aspect of things. But if you really look how brainwashed this guy was, not that he believes in a religion, but that the fact that he was screaming at this guy and would not even have a conversation, was just screaming, I am, and just kept going over and over again. You're all going to hell. I'm Jesus. You're all, and it's like, you listen to this sinner. And it's like the biggest part about the world is if that if one being created everything then we should all be trying our best to get along and find a better way of communicating rather than hurting someone or putting somebody down this is where things start questions start to arise and the idea of faith i think it's important 
But I also think it needs to be done in a better way because the way we've been doing it for so long, a lot of people are celebrating from home or choosing to be religious from home because it does become like a community thing. And I get it. You want to be part of a group. It's what's nice to be in a fraternity. It's nice to be in certain podcast groups or certain religious groups, whatever. But when you start realizing that like there's all this like stuff you don't agree with and all these types of things, and they start noticing that is when they want to excommunicate you. And it leaves you in this lull where you're like, why do I believe in this so much? I was such a supporter, but now I just had some questions raised and you are afraid I'm going to contaminate the pool. What? What? This isn't what I thought it was like. We're all supposed to love. We're supposed to be able to ask questions, challenge each other's thoughts and the idea that it's not going to change our faith. So that the idea that a question would change someone's faith is showing that you don't even know if you truly believe in it yourself. Yeah, I know. Yeah, definitely agree. I think um, I think actually a lot of organized religion is a, it's a lot more sectarian than, um, you know, than something that unifies. It's, you know, you've got to believe it things a certain way. You've got to teach things a certain way. Um, you know, actually, I've, uh, I think there's a great quote, actually, I think by... Um, Karl Marx, which said that religion is the opiate of the masses. Um, and if you think of like opiates, um, you know, it was, it was something to relax to. It's, it was, you know, um, much like you might say, like going for a beer, you know, just having a couple of drinks, just relaxing. It's, it's something that supports and soothes. Um, yet, if you also, you know, keep an eye on the illustration, it can become addictive. It can become something that you require every single day and it fills your life so you it's i think you know religion's great in the sense that it can form these communities and i think especially with them um, let's say with the lockdown and covid you know it's it's beautiful that church groups have kept con in contact having zoom meetings and things and checking up on one another i think it's you know, fantastic but if it, if it was like I say, permeated your whole life. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned Scientology, you know, they've got, you know, campuses where you live and everyone is, you know, Scientology is all you know, within this, this cult um, and it's your brand, but it's every single part of your life. That's where it gets dangerous. It's, it's you know, it's now um, everything and there's no, you know, possible sort of alternative for you. Um, yeah, so I, I do think, you know, religion's lovely in, in the sense of being the support, but that's the thing, it just has to be a support. It doesn't, it's not going to be your life. It's got to be, you know, sort of held back at maybe a bit. Um, it's just so yeah, hard because so like, people are so malleable, man. Like I know, oh, yeah. like for instance, Heaven's Gate or uh, the, the one cult where uh, they all drank the Kool-Aid and they all died. Yes there's a deep story where they found their bodies and I think in a mansion outside of like Mexico or New Mexico or Texas or something like that, where there was a bunch of people lying in beds with bags on their heads, wearing fresh ass Nikes, like brand new Nikes. And what they found through a study of the bodies and autopsies was that the bodies died at different times. There were, it was a total period. I think it took like a couple of days to find the people, but some people died on the first day. Some people died on the second and some people died on the third. So then you're looking like, imagine being in a bunk, you're on the bottom bunk and you know, the person above you has passed away from asphyxiation and you're waiting for your turn to be next. 
the idea that people can believe in that so much to do the act so really scares me because it shows as people were very, very malleable, but also very, very vulnerable. And we're looking to something to believe in. We need something, you know, people can get to that edge where, you know, faith could save their life. I've had an experience where I was driving my car and I watched, I just missed the butterfly, just missed it. And I was having a really rough, rough go at things in life. And I was like, maybe that's all of us just floating through life, just getting missed by that car. And then I was like, wait a minute. Like it was a completely religious experience, but I was like, if I would have hit that butterfly, I would have a totally different outlook on life. It's like really about all what you need at that moment to try and get you into the next day, which is why I find it important. But when do you draw the line? Like when does hurting yourself or hurting others become a thing? You know, if you can't see somebody's family, to me, that's the same hurt as physical hurt. If you're letting, telling someone that they have to excommunicate this person, you can never talk to them again, and it's your brother, that's emotional pain. That's time being lost. That's abuse, you know. It's like yeah. you know. You, I think um, there's actually a chap in. I'm trying to remember where. I think it's it might be Croatia, but he um he's actually uh, got human rights um, act, activists involved and has actually sued uh, the witnesses for that um, point. You know, the being disfellowship. You know, the not being able to talk to a family or communicate with family in any sort of way. And Apparently, apparently they they saw it and just went, "Yep, we're in. That's abuse. That is, you know, mental abuse. Um, you know, it's it's effectively torture." Um, and yeah, well, the abuse so goes so far, dude. Like, I'm not going to mention this girl's name. A girl I went to school with. Um, I remember there's this church in my town. It was on Third Street or something like that. I live in this town that's filled with like nothing like but street names, like 103rd Street. 10th street 15th street they're all just street names like after numbers and shit um but on third street there was a church and it burned down and i was like well i guess someone that's a joke i was like well i guess someone got fed up with the church and decided to light a cigarette under it or something and then um the news report came out and the girl's dad was the priest there and he had set himself on fire and ran into the church and then burned the whole entire thing down and i was like why and then like she even talked about it. she was like well he just kept questioning things, kept realizing he's been tricked and been lied to. And it's been everything like the head person that was running the place. Just, it's just been, it was corrupting. He thought, you know, he didn't know what to believe anymore. And it was like, that's where I see the abuse part that I don't like is that people can snap on an instant and it maybe they may have may, they may never snap. But if you tell someone they believe something for 40, 50 years of their life, and then they find out it's all like, I don't believe in this anymore. It's a very big shock to your system. It's so much so that you could do a drastic act like that. And I don't like that because any religion, even if you stop believing in it a little bit, it should never pressure you to the point of being able to hurt yourself in some type of way where I start to question like what, what God would want that if he created everything. It's like you start to pin little points in it and they'll have their own arguments and stuff too. I'm on neither side. I'm nor not religious or religious. I'm in question. Because I look at everything and I'm like, I see aspects of the Mormon religion, being able to keep a journal that they have journals from like when they fought the Indians to be able to read those and keep a log every single day. You have to write in a journal for future generations. Same thing with podcasting. I'm leaving a record for whoever's after me. You know, there's important aspects of some of these religions, but a lot of it goes to like, why would I ever cut myself off from information or something? 
in the fear that I might become corrupt. I was like, what's that idea of becoming corrupt? Isn't understanding and being more compassionate towards others a better way of living when we can truly harmonize without any of us worrying about our beliefs being shaken? Mm. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, but actually, I think that's that's also, I think, where you can also find the flaws and actually find the difference between a faith which is a, a religion and a faith which is, say, a cult. It's it's that control. It's it's it's, go, it's saying it's you know you can't learn anything else. But basically, like you say, because our our big teachings aren't going to hold up to it. You know, I, if I think any faith that's willing to go, yeah, okay, go you know go off. I think I, I think even um, actually I think it's the Quakers, isn't it? The like they the one who kind of live um, very basic lives. Um, you know, uh, farming. All I know about Quakers stuff. is they're on the oats mm. jar. Yeah, <laughs> but no, yes, okay. So, so it's like with the Quakers, they, because of course, like they, you know, they just use like farm tools, um, horse drawn, the all Amish. This sort of stuff. Amish, that's it. Not Quakers. What am I on about? Yeah, they, there's so many. It's like, hard to keep track. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I, I find it's actually good. They actually have a, um, I think when you sort of. They say coming of age. Oh yeah, where you go out and experience all the sins of the world is what they call it. Yeah, and you're you're allowed to just go, just go experience it, make your own decision, and then come back. And it's like fantastic. You've basically just said, look, you're good. You know, you're allowed to do it. You know, you were under my roof, and you're you're living as as I'm, I'm dictating. But as soon as you're ready to go, experience it. You know, it's, it's down to you then. And you know that that's. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. That's at the very least they've given you know their, those who are following it a choice. Um, you know, but you have to be given that choice. That's the thing. You know, you have you have to be allowed to study books um, of other faiths. In fact, actually, because growing up, I I actually did that myself. Um, I'm sure if anyone sort of knew, I probably would have got a you know slap on the wrist sort of thing. But I looked at other faiths. I looked at parallels. I looked at their um, folk tales and their stories and from there I looked into the cultures and I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed learning about other faiths and other groups and other cultures um, in fact I, one of my favorites and I think it's kind of become a bit more pop fiction at the moment now with um is kind of the Nordic Scandinavian um, mythology you know what I love about that it was it's not so much a religion that they go okay you've got to worship so and so this way or you know make these offerings to please this god it's kind of like i think it's a bit like um i don't know sort of the a cosmo magazine it's going oh this god went off and did this so our celebrity our hero oh he likes drinking and he, he did this in this tale and stuff and then people like all the people who followed it kind of went yeah i like that i'm going to drink like that it's you know it's a bit like you, you know uh, copying your favorite film star in hairstyle or the way they dress um and I, I just thought you know what well, that's kind of cool it's people just wrote stories you know telling story like tales that they could uh, talk around the fire during the long winters and people just went yeah i like him i'm gonna do that i'm gonna act like that and you know i think that was a, just nicer it's not it wasn't it's not controlling it's not um you know, demanding anything of its followers. It's down to, you know, us to kind of decide that, actually, yeah, I want to do that. 
Yeah, a tail should be left open for someone's own interpretation, not being conformed or put into ways for when they say to for you to be able to understand, I start going, understand what the message that you think. Because I think everyone should have their own idea of what that is. You know, it's it's crazy because with Norse mythology, we're actually starting to see relations with that more with modern times and more about people correlating with us throughout our history rather than Greek that's been taught for so long that we relate more to Greek mythology. It's true we got a lot of our inventions from there, but the barbaricness of people in nature does stem with some Norse. I mean, the fact of conquering, the fact of creating organizations, the fact of spreading around our seed, whatever it is, we relate more in those aspects of things, but it's very, very very hard to be able to promote that in books to people. So it's easier to be able to conform it into a different way to make it more what they would think would be a peaceful situation. But right now it just feels like a lot of people that have, you know, I think it's 47% of the population doesn't believe in a religion. And that's in today's age. And I think it's because a lot of the things that they raise questions to, they don't really get answers to, which is not necessarily the point, but it's the aspect of like, they feel like they've been lied to, you know, when you feel like you've been lied to, you don't want to stick with that any longer. The thing is you're supposed to help someone guide and find their path, I think is the point. And that gets lost and watered down in so many different ways where it's like, no, you're just, you're conflicted with demons. You're conflicted with demons. It's like, well, well, Maybe the demons are just emotions that I have that I'm trying to figure out where, you know, the answer is or where, you know, they want to go. And it's like, you're not helping me find those paths. If you're really trying to better me as a person, you should be able to help me or forge what I would think my path would be. Help me find out what that is. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I think people are definitely sort of waking up to, to it. It's, um, you know, I think it, I find it interesting that actually, for example, the UK, um, uh, you know, we, we're not considered a Christian country anymore because the amount of people that are actually attending churches and, um, you know, uh, are, count themselves as Christian is dropping rapidly, while people who are coming over from, I say, Eastern Europe, who are you know, mostly Orthodox, uh, Catholic or the like, that's growing. Um but the same, and then um, additionally, in fact, actually, I was thinking um, Ireland, like, um, my housemate is um, uh, Irish. And it's interesting how few actually believe the Catholic faith in Ireland, but they'll still go because it's what everyone does. But they don't actually believe. It's, it's, so it's an interesting thing. It's, people are starting to question. They're starting to see the wrongs done by the organized religions. And yeah, and like they're they're raising questions, and you know, though they may, like say, may attend, though they may, um, you know, do all the ceremony, you know, they they don't quite believe anymore. It's not there in their heart, like you know. And I, I do think we're we're seeing that now. We're seeing more people becoming aware that actually, you know, the you know what our religious leaders are doing, they're not representing us. They're not, um, you know being what we're taught that they are. Um, yeah. Do you ever get blowback from having it in your bio or maybe doing anything where people message you saying you're doing devil's work or you're doing something wrong? Um, not very often. Um, I have had actually recent um, conversation. I say conversation. Um, this is conversation. Yes, this is conversation. No, it, it was, so it's, yeah, so it's not maybe 
um, not you wouldn't, wouldn't say conversation, but a dispute. Uh, yeah, dispute. That's that's a better word for it. Yeah, um, with someone recently because of their, like I say, they're they're very. In fact, they're a uh, witness themselves, and um, yeah, and they're they're very. Um, you might say kind of angry, angry at the. I, I think what's a, a growing um, community of ex witnesses. Um, you know, because with social media, you can connect to people all around the world um and you know discuss people your experiences you know what everyone has seen and because it's becoming a lot more open and outspoken and loud you know that the i'm guessing some witnesses are feeling the need to speak back and you know you you can i guess you can feel a bit attacked by it but also at the same time i think it's it's perfect opportunity to you know ask questions of them you know Instead of, let's say, instead of attacking back and saying how deluded people are, you just ask questions and say, "Well, I'm sorry. Do, do you really think, you know, believe this? You know, what, you know, what about these events that have occurred? You know, these these things that have gotten into the news." Um, that, I think that's the the danger, though. Once again, to say with um, cult level uh, religious control is everything bad is the work of the devil, but everything good. Is the work of God, you know? Is that promotion you got that well? That was God's gift to you, but or was it you working hard? You know, you working hard, being honest, and your boss is going, you know what? Yeah, there's, you know, we'll offer him the promotion and things like that. So one thing that I called, and then one thing that I have a conspiracy theory on. So I called a long time ago, probably like 400 episodes ago, I had a rabbi on this podcast and we were talking and I was like, I started to notice certain things about the government and religion, where I was like the two thing or two things the government's afraid of is religion and people. When the people come together, they can take down the government. And when religion is just too old and too powerful. But when I was talking to him, I was like, I bet you sooner or later, I mean, we're seeing churches get taken down and we're seeing these things like being encroached upon. I was like, I think religion's going to start falling a little bit. And he goes, show me your evidence. I'm like, I, I guarantee you, man, I'm just making a speculation here. And then not even two weeks after I posted that episode, I think his name is Yoldson, Yonolson, Goldson or something like that. But I, I, I sent him an, a little article I read, and uh, I think it was 13 priests were arrested at the Vatican. And I was like, you see? And then he blocked me. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. I was I guessed it right. But you start to look at the conspiracy theory I have is like anybody that's getting a major attention or anybody that's getting like this major amount of fame or view of the world maybe it's because they use the word God every five words. Like even though there's 47% of the population that's not religious anymore, a large amount millennials, it seems like anytime that someone's on TV, they're mentioning God. And it's like, are you doing that because you actually believe or are you doing that because you think that's like the slip to get fame? Like if I use God every five words, it's going to get me a high level of fame because people like to hear that religious or hear that I'm blessed or something because I kind of saw it in a Ted Cruz interview. It was him and his mom, and they were like, you know, asking her questions about her son who's sitting right beside him, which was the most crappiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But she was like, the, the interviewer was like, and you go to church? And he's like, every Sunday. And his mom just looks over at him and goes, every Sunday? Like, what? Like, like, just you could tell. She's like, what are you talking about? Every Sunday? Like, every day? And um, 
they kept it in there. Like they kept that in there for people to see, like didn't edit it out or anything. And he was like, well, I go. And it's like, you start to realize like, are you just doing that because you think that's what people want to hear and that's what people want from you rather than you actually believe in yourself? And if so, why is every president that we've had, at least in America, all about God, 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 we haven't had an atheist one. We haven't had one of a different religion. Is it just because that's, oh, God bless America. What does that mean, though? Do you know what that you don't even know what God is? Why are you asking it to bless America? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing. If God created everything, why is one country his chosen one? Why is it this special thing that he's going to bless? You know, or at the very least, you know, why do you have to call the attention to it? Say, can you bless us? He's surely he's he's you know looking out for everyone. So yeah, it it, it is. Oh my God, cool. I was in a cult. Hold on a second. The Pledge of Allegiance in school. Do you remember? Oh, you don't might not remember that, but. It goes, I pledge oh, allegiance I is, yeah. to the flag of United. And then they stopped that. They stopped doing that. So was I was fucking brainwashed. Well, the thing is, it's like you, you do it automatically, don't you? You just do it. <laughs> the look of realization. Oh, my God. I have a come to grips moment right now that I might have been. A, that's that's why I said the education system's a cult. That's my number one example I'm going to use always, the Pledge of Allegiance, because I did that without even thinking. That's just what we had to do. And I remember I would sit down with it, and they told me to stand up and salute the flag because it's in honor of our troops, and I felt bad. Is it in honor of our troops, or can I pray for them, or can I do something like that? Why do I have to worship a flag of a country that I might not necessarily trust a lot? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, additionally, if you want to honor the troops, maybe not send them to places they're going to get killed. Why are you sending them food that doesn't expire? What the hell is that? I get it. Oh, let me send them canned vegetables. What the fuck? Send them a freaking B&B ticket or send them a freaking coupon to Denny's. I don't care. Actually, that might be a punishment if you send them a coupon to Denny's. because Denny's is <laughs> awful. But you start to look at things like, oh, my God, like realizations. Um, I have to send you a podcast with um Adam Egott. He was on the Norm McDonald show. He's a, he was his co-host. I don't know if you know who Norm McDonald is. He's a famous comedian. Uh, yeah, I've heard, heard him before. Yeah. He had a cult experience um, that he talked about. He found out 20 years later. That's a little bit more of what everyone would think of when you say the word cult. Cause like there was a girl that sliced her own throat open. There was a mm. kid that jumped off of a cliff. Like there was a bunch of like crazy stuff that he was talking about in that experience. And man, it might not religion in the eyes of like being an ex Jehovah's cult, whatever. It's still a cult, but maybe not as severe as everyone's idea. Cause when you say cult, people think you're sacrificing a goat and doing all this type of mm -hmm. stuff. There is other forms of brainwashing. Education system could be a cult, you know, certain groups, mm -hmm. Freemasons, I consider a cult just because there's, this weird group fraternity type vibe. And it's yeah. that it brings into, I mean, they literally changed the word occult to, to mean finding things that can't be seen by the normal eye. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's because there's a lot of stuff that we're not really realizing or paying attention to the minute details of things until you finally discover it one day. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, you know, I, I do think um, those. How dare you twirl your beard in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so showing off. Jealous. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, it's like I think that's the thing though. I do think cults are like you say, it, people have this image and 
um, it's you know, almost kind of the stereotype of going out, you know, after night into a graveyard with cloaks and sacrificing a child or going to something like that. Not a child, a chicken, change it to a chicken. Well, this is know. a kid's show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but um, but the thing is, though, is like I, I'm, I very much think no, it's you know the the cults that we sort of picture is because of um, well, I, I guess those things. It's it's people who are um, infatuated with an idea and don't question it and just follow what they're told. But we also we can thus go actually no, we're seeing it in these big major religions. Um, you know, and I think you know it's though though it all seems all well and good. You know, nice sort of uh, married couples or and nice happy families. There's there's you know there's a lot of bad things that of course can happen in these um, big religions because it's brushed under the carpet. You know, the you know with the Jehovah's Witnesses, there's there was a massive um, uh, issue with like um, sex abuse or child abuse in particular. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if you were. You know, uh, Leah uh, Remini. Is it? Leah, um, it's Leah Remini. She's hot as shit. Yes. Well, look, she did a special on the Jehovah's Witnesses. And honestly, I would definitely recommend watching that out but, um, because the experiences of, you know, some people on the show, you know, uh, one girl, well, it's actually, it's kind of, it's really sad. One woman, she, she married someone outside the faith. So because of that, she was disfellowshipped and um, feel like worried and terrified for her daughter, she put her daughter up for adoption to an elder. An elder is a, uh, it's kind of a priest. It's a, he takes a lead in the congregation. So a trusted man. Turns out pretty much the, the same day that girl went home with this man, he started to abuse her. And it wasn't for, it wasn't until like a couple of, like a couple of years later when um, one of like this girl met, like said to her friend, does he touch you too? And her now adoptive mother overheard, did something happen? Because it was just, everything was just sort of hidden and brushed under the carpet. And like I say, these trusted people within these congregations. And it's, it's heartbreaking to think that a mother would feel the need that actually I'm, I'm the damaging one to my daughter. Um, so I, you know, I've got to give her over to someone else. And it's, it's horrendous to think you know, anyone feeling like that, any parent, I'm sure would, you know, they, they would fight to their last breath. But then if to think that if your child stayed with you, that you, you would be more of a harm to your child, you know, that once again, more emotional, mental trauma um, in, you know, in, in a single instant. Yeah. I had to Google what that, uh, I had, I had to Google what that Scientology thing was again because I got to remember to watch that. I remember I saw it and I was like, I, I heard her on Joe Rogan talk all about it and stuff like that. I was like, it's got to be the same thing. But the fact that there's a thing called going clear and I'm like, Jesus, like, what are we doing here? It's saying a Dr. Seuss book. I'm just like, what? Come on now. <laughs> Harrison, dude, you're giving me enough of your time, man. I appreciate you talking about this with me, man. It's been in a interesting conversation for sure definitely one i i'm probably gonna have to yawn again to talk more about this is 
it's it's just oh, no, definitely. It, it, it's definitely something like I, I give you credit to too because there's probably a bunch of people out there that don't believe in religion and are probably following you and looking for someone to follow because you know like you said it's rising that people are talking about this now because for so long mm-hmm. it's always god this god that god this and a lot of people are like well where's the voices of the people that you know they'll comment but then their tweet will de- get deleted and i'm like well make mm-hmm. your own platform you'll build up the following mm-hmm. Well, no, most definitely. I, I, I do think it's it's a fantastic community and people are speaking out. And I do think that's really important. And, you know, there's I think there are alternative uh, measures now to to um, speak out about, you know, that sort of control. I mean, like, the thing is, though, is like I, I can definitely see it in more aspects of life than, like, you know, you're saying about um, in education. You, you, you can see it in the way, I'm sorry for saying, but businesses are run, you know, the way. Um, they, you know, stop people from talking about, you know, your, the pay you take home. It's a, it's a method to stop you unifying and going, actually, that's not fair. You know, you're all being treated worse off than me. And sure, if, if, as a, if I was selfish, I'd go, all right. But at the same time, I'm also going, well, they're my friend. I, like, you know, I enjoy working on some of these people. I'm going to actually speak up about it. Um, you know, you, and like I say, in the education system, in politics itself there's you know you do if you're part of the party um or what um or any sort of group you just follow what the leaders are doing and the leaders are right um but i think you know especially nowadays we're seeing very little um competition or difference between those two leading parties uh, you know in, in america the republican democrats it's, it's the same party just you know, di- different color tie. You know, over here we've got the conservative Labour's, the same people. You know, and but people within these groups are will fight venomously for it. You know, I think actually that's some of the, the most, um, uh, I guess, like uh, abusive, com- like uh, conversations you'll have online you know, with people is, yeah, things like politics. It's it, you know, you you delve into it, you raise questions, even being a part of a group. You raise questions about your own group and wow the you know the the venom that comes off it it's um you know it's interesting but once again I, it's, it's something I've, I've i noticed from being growing up in a religion that you know had so, so much control um but yeah, yeah well no, I really enjoyed this thanks harrison um where can people find you at man i want to make sure people can find your twitter page do you have any other links that people can find you on um well of course i've uh of course, my, my Twitter sort of is, is um, uh, just uh, Cairns552. Um, I, of course, got a Facebook page. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I might be actually linked in my um, Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, um, I really haven't, haven't sort of gone out on any other platform just yet, but I'm, I'm definitely thinking of doing so just because it's, um, it's, it's, you know, these sort of things do need speaking out about. Um, but yeah. I think actually you've kind of inspired me to do so as well. So start a podcast. 